0: From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. In two days this week, the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped almost 2,000 points. That's not unheard of, but it is unusual. And a part of the reason why it dropped were concerns about the spread of the coronavirus. But there was a very sinister strain of information running through social media that may have played a big role in the drop. They were conspiracy theories and what we call disinformation
1: out of seven million posts and messages online uh, a massive amount almost 40 percent that's more than two and a half million messages tweets etc that were pushing all sorts of
0: narratives that's wasim Khalid, ceo of blackbird ai it's a software company that specializes in combating disinformation and some of the stuff they found was downright stunning, like coronavirus is caused by eating meat, drinking bleach will cure it, it was a genetic engineering test that ran amok and got out of control.
1: And it's amazing how many people just took a look at a single blog post and thought to themselves, hey, that makes sense.
0: This is a wake-up call to what disinformation can do. Details coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm JJ Green. Something weird happened with the stock market this week. It dropped almost 1,800 points in just two days. That's not the weird part, though. What's strange is... A software company called Blackbird AI, which uses artificial intelligence to track disinformation, discovered a sinister effort to manipulate and distort information about the spread of coronavirus. And that information may have seeped into the information streams of many people involved in the stock market. Wasim Khalid, CEO of Blackbird AI, joins us to talk about the research they conducted and the staggering results they came up with. seem what we have been reading and seeing and witnessing on the stock market has been nothing short of kind of puzzling. When you think about coronavirus has been out there, that's been one of the causes for the almost 2,000 point drop in a couple of days earlier in the week um, that's been cited, um, but you, have found something else that may be connected to this, and, and this is disinformation. So start us from the top on, on, first of all, what it is that you do and, and how you came into this information.
1: Uh, sure. So, you know, we are a software company that builds AI-driven early warning tools that help mitigate disinformation and really information warfare uh, to provide critical insights during any kind of emerging crisis. Um. ideally to help countermeasure the damage that disinformation campaigns can cause. Um, so I, I guess I would start a little bit by just talking about um, how we think about disinformation. So to kind of set up um, how these things really work. And so we look at them as, as narratives that are trying to manipulate uh, and change how people perceive and think about the world and the events that are occurring around them. Um, now, a lot of people think that uh, Disinformation and fake news are really just about determining whether something is true or false, right? Uh, But really, it's about whether a particular message is trying to shift somebody's belief uh, in events, uh, whether that be financial, political, or personal, right? So we really look at when are messages trying to shift somebody's belief in something. And so you mentioned about the financial markets. Now, while you know we are not creating a definitive uh, link to the drop recently, the idea here is um, beliefs and perceptions often shape the financial markets. And if a world event like coronavirus that is putting everybody into a panic has an additional driver throwing gas on the fire on its perceived threats. Uh, That could very much affect how people think about that virus and the fears and beliefs that might shift narratives that will uh, damage the financial markets and businesses as well.
0: Okay. So, Uh, so yeah, please go ahead. Let me jump in and ask you a couple of specific questions then. What did you find in terms of First, the volume of disinformation you found. And secondly, what was some of the stuff that this disinformation was pushing?
1: So specifically around coronavirus, uh, really in early February, we saw a staggering level of inorganic content. In other words, content that uh, did not look to our system like human behavior. Right. Um, And so we saw. Out of seven million posts and messages online, uh, a massive amount, almost 40 percent, that's more than two and a half million messages, tweets, etc that were pushing all sorts of narratives. So just as an example, uh, one of the narratives were a what was called no meat uh, no coronavirus. So this was a self-proclaimed religious leader that was, pushing the fact that anyone who ate meat was the cause for coronavirus and the damage that it was doing, and the path to salvation was essentially purchasing things from him on his WhatsApp account. Now, it sounds silly, and these things sometimes may sound silly at first glance, but there were almost a million posts about this particular story in this kind of 10-day period, um, which is massive. It had a 99% uh, on our manipulation index, the Blackbird Manipulation Index, which is you know, one of the highest we've ever seen. Um, and then we've also seen things like uh, narratives that damage uh, and delegitimize Chinese culture. So everything from uh, animals that uh, Chinese eat Uh, caused coronavirus, to even governments creating bioweapons, which were completely unfounded rumors that also made the rounds virally um, in in, uh, early to mid-February.
0: You know, this is absolutely stunning. I mean, not because we haven't heard of Of disinformation before. We're very familiar with it as a country, certainly after what took place with the 2016 election. Um, But the thing about this, but the thing about this that's so stunning is that this is taking place not just at with one target group of people in mind uh, and not just one organization involved in this, but it seems as though there are multiple organizations with different ideologies and different plans at work here. Seems like somebody whispered in, in in on the dark net, hey, there's a good opportunity here if we all jump on it. And, and, and that's what happened. Is that is that what you're getting out of this?
1: It's easy to think there may be like a ringleader. Right. But, you know, disinformation has become or rather the threat actors around disinformation have become a almost a decentralized network of mayhem. And what I mean by that is you'll have all types of different motives and intent. Some people are trying to make a quick buck. Uh, They may just be trying to sell some sort of snake oil for a magic cure to coronavirus, which we've seen. Others may be doing sophisticated short trading runs by damaging company reputation. Some people, like you say, on the dark net, might just want to watch the world burn. We see a lot of that. And uh, all of these people will jump on a trending, large event, and it's almost like clockwork. You can expect disinformation anytime there's a breaking piece of news, whether that be something bad about a company that occurs, whether it is a active shooter or some other type of event there will immediately be disinformation, and it's, it's almost like uh, a race to how many stories can get out there fast enough. Um, but it ranges from financial to political to personal motives, and it's something that's the new norm.
0: Yeah. So um, one of the things that uh, in, in, in previous conversations on this, um, one of the things that, that got my attention is that when an organization – or organizations are engaged in disinformation, one of their goals is to get prominent people to repeat this. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've actually seen some evidence that this actually happened, right?
1: With coronavirus, we saw um, various politicians picking up the bioweapons conspiracy, some on live television. And, uh, you know, it's easy to point the finger at them and say, how could this happen? But the fact is that all of us are susceptible to disinformation. It's almost like building on the age old rules of marketing. If you see something repeatedly, the magic number supposedly is seven times, but you could see it 700 times in the course of a week nowadays. And it it just soaks in and it becomes hard for people to understand if they heard it from, the news or from someone they trust. And so then you end up believing these things strongly, having seen them coming at you at high frequency from all these different sources. And the goal of that original campaign creator really was, how can we get a high profile individual to give more air You know, give more oxygen to this narrative by sharing it with his massive audience or her massive audience. Uh, And they often succeed because they very specifically target public figures, politicians, CEOs much of the time.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you spoke about uh, politicians and uh, correct me if I'm wrong again, but one of those people that actually repeated this was a U.S. senator on live television. Is that correct?
1: I believe so. Yes. Yes.
0: And so as a result of that, what do these organizations do with that? Once that happens, then what do they do? They've got somebody, a high profile person that's repeating their lies. Then what do they do?
1: Well, there's no set blueprint, but the the real goal of it is how do how do we just get that person's audience? Right. So if they target someone, say it's. An influencer on Twitter, and I, I, I mean any kind of influencer It could be a celebrity, a politician, a CEO. They just want their audience. They just want additional eyeballs or ears to hear that. And it all drills down to manipulation, right? So the, the, the people, the audience who now hear this coming from a high-level person, those million people or those five million people are more likely to now believe that having that additional data point. They just didn't see a random tweet or a Facebook page. Now, they heard it coming from a high-ranking individual. So it's not that you know, they're waiting and then they're always ready to do something else. They're just, they're just continuing that pattern of continue to reach as many people as possible because the reach nowadays is the power. It's the scale and the speed with which these age-old human behaviors of rumors and gossip are being spread and causing damage? All right. there's no migrating intermediaries anymore.
0: Okay, so let's let's look at uh, how you how did you discover this? How did you find out about this activity?
1: Sure. so this is really the core technology that our company Blackbird AI has been building for the last couple of years. Um, it is an artificial intelligence platform that ingests massive amounts of data. It uses deep learning techniques and analyzes networks to understand when something is very different from what standard human behavior is. And that includes uh, the ways in which accounts are interacting with one another in a network. Um, For example, a smaller number of accounts might be pushing a big impact activity which is highly unusual. Normally, when something like the Super Bowl happens or a big public figure dies, our system can look at that network and understand that it's an organic content uh, system that people are chattering about something in an organic fashion. So the key is finding these anomalies, these signatures of harmful interactions uh, across networks. We combine that with toxic language detection, uh, very hyper-partisan language in combination with toxicity, uh, sometimes hate speech, and all of these properties, including our bot detection algorithms, work in concert to understand when a coordinated uh, effort is taking place to push some sort of message.
0: Okay, so let's take this out of the technological area, and this is not mm-hmm. just something that posed a big threat to the stock market this week or to any particular industry, but this could realistically, uh, if the perfect uh, set of uh, uh, elements take place, impact uh, nation states. It could impact um, national security on a much grander scale, correct?
1: Disinformation is for certain a national security issue, and it needs to be treated as such. Uh, The... The the whole name of the game is to create socioeconomic damage. Uh, it's very dangerous for entire countries. It's very dangerous for companies, and then for all of us as citizens living within that within that community.
0: So, taking a look at your COVID nineteen report, you had a couple of narratives in there. Uh, could mm-hmm. you break down those narratives and the abstract, or just? Uh, Maybe the statistics and uh, just briefly each one. um, I think there are three or four.
1: Yeah, so four. we put the four biggest ones that that really stuck out to us in pure volume, right? Um, So the first one I mentioned a little bit before, uh, coronavirus, no meat, no coronavirus. um, uh, Almost a million tweets uh, and messages that were really, again, just incredible, incredibly high level for any campaign. But this attacked many really religious communities, primarily in India. Um, and the angle was that, uh, you know, let's use memes and images and, you know, iconographic uh, stories to push that if you do eat meat, you will most likely get coronavirus and, you know, donate to us, buy our sacred texts and you will be saved. Right, so this is your kind of standard snake oil salesman, but 2020 version, right? On uh, you know on the internet, um, again, very opportuni- opportunistic manipulation campaign. Um, the second highest one, which you know we had a almost like a 50% manipulation index, which is a, a the Blackbird manipulation index we use to quickly define how bad a situation is. Um, this was. Kind of clout chasing, race based baiting posts around you know Chinese food practices. Uh, this was really going a, across all types of conspiracy sites that delegitimize cultures. A lot of uh, you know kind of white supremacist and um, you know uh, YouTube interview type sites that were using this to uh, spread the idea that hey if I see a Chinese person on the street I'm going to be concerned they might have a they might have the virus here in America right um, which is impractical but it happened we know across the country just from seeing what average citizens were saying um, so it was a successful campaign by all means uh, the bioweapons conspiracy was um, a completely unfounded rumor that the coronavirus was engineered um, and it had spread across, Uh, many, many networks, Um, you know, I even heard it from multiple individuals. It was a very viral uh, campaign. Um, And it's amazing how many people just took a look at a single blog post and thought to themselves, hey, that makes sense. This was about 700,000 total tweets with about 160,000 of those, um, you know, being completely inorganic and uh, synthetic in nature. Um, This was the campaign that was actually repeated by uh, a politician, Uh, so then it it spread even further Um, as examples of that in our report. Um, And finally, there was uh, another story about uh, Tencent, a Chinese telecom company, uh, having leaked the actual number of of deaths and people infected, but it was a completely photoshopped, uh, what we kind of call a falsified leak. Where, you know, it looks like a leak, but it was never a real document to begin with. Um, And of course, this caused quite a bit of concern when people thought, hey, uh, the numbers that have been reported are totally uh, fake, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's much worse than it is. So, of course, all of these, what do they cause? Ranging from xenophobia to fear-mongering around the virus. How can we create chaos in a society? That's, again, what the goals of these campaigns usually are.
0: What haven't I asked you about that you think is important?
1: Uh, well, I, I would say that it's very important for people, leaders, both governments and companies, to not think about fake news and disinformation as some sort of a, a passing or harmless issue. Uh, it, it needs to be treated like cybersecurity It needs to be treated like national security and it needs to have resources allocated to understand how they are under attack. And the real problem today is everybody has a sense that, okay, fake news and disinformation is a problem. It's out there. There's research around it. But people don't like to dig too much further to see how bad it might really be. They kind of sweep it under the rug and hope it goes away. But it's not going away.
0: And how and may I I jump in and ask, how, how do you know that?
1: Well, because we've been studying this space for the past two years, uh, just in the social media space and how it affects uh, communities around the world. And we have seen a huge spike since 2015, 2016, across all social networks. This problem about bots and you know, disinformation around uh, all manners of categories, it goes far beyond political. If some of these things seem mundane, but it's about shaping entire community's psychology. And it's something that the threat actors who are conducting these campaigns are just getting better and better and better at. We know this is happening because we have had to adapt our technology repeatedly just to keep up. You know, I mean, we're a startup. We are fighting against massively funded, massively uh, coordinated efforts that are building this kind of disinformation machine uh, and so we're one company and we hope many more will join us but it's it will take a very very concerted joint effort globally to really make a dent in this arms race
0: okay so you said that um, disinformation should be treated just the same as national security and cybersecurity, and You know, that's a pretty big statement because Mm -hmm. national security encompasses many, 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 many things. As you know, disinformation, it includes a lot of things. But are they the same as national security, including intelligence and espionage and in terrorism and economics? Disinformation, you you, you, you believe that it warrants the same equal treatment as national security itself?
1: Well, you know, this is not... My national security is not my background, but I work with and speak to many people where it is their background. And so I know that many countries, including our own, are taking it quite seriously and are starting to look at it as something that is of the most of the utmost importance for our country in general. Because I mean if you think about it, if you can shape how a country thinks and believes about the world, you can change how they vote. You can change how they spend. It is a direct mainline to being able to infiltrate uh, a people. And so, it's not it's not just my belief, um, but there are many in governments around the world that now understand this, and we're just glad that we have enough expertise in this place to help in any way we can.
0: The, the advice for the, the, the consumer, wherever they may be in the world, would might might be to um, receive with skepticism things that you see on social media and on the internet. That's been a long-standing rule, don't believe what you see on the internet until you can verify it, but mm-hmm. um, what would your advice be to people around the world uh, when it comes to uh, consuming material on social media?
1: Well. They would really serve themselves well to educate themselves on how to spot uh, disinformation. So there are many uh, different types of texts that you can read on it. You know, there are even resources on our website, blackbird.ai, but education is key. There are ways to practice how you consume information, getting the mechanism of creating that process and investigative journalists know this process better than anyone because they're always kind of processing these types of facts. But I think the consumer has to become more and more savvy on that kind of investigative uh, or scientific mindset where you just have to dig if you really want to know the truth. Uh, it's not it, it's not easy and that's why people don't do it. Um, so really a, a self-education is the thing for the consumer to do because you mentioned the, the the most base uh insight which is just don't believe everything you see and it's easier said than done uh and even t- today people will share articles and data shows this that we will share articles just reading the headline right they won't even click the article they see the headline that's good enough for them they share it
0: yeah and that's a problem, and that is a big problem that we are somehow, as a, as a world and as a more connected world, going to have to deal with. We won't be able to solve that problem today, but what you have done is uh, cast uh, some light on and given us some insight into what took place with the markets this week, and we appreciate that. Any final thoughts?
1: I think uh, I think I'm just glad that a lot more people are looking at these problems in more depth and simply... Understanding and feeling that this is a problem they have to investigate more deeply and think about more deeply because really it's all about making sure that people are more active critical thinkers from the general public to the CEO all the way up to heads of state. Uh, It's just something that we all have to do in this new world.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Wasim Khalid, CEO of Blackbird AI. Thank you again. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode, we promised you recently a look at the turmoil inside the intelligence community. And we will do that, but we'll also do it with some perspective from the past and a look at the future. And what we found is both disturbing and consoling all at the same time. That's coming up on our next episode. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about our program, send me an email at jgreen at WTOP.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskey whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. That's jgreen at WTOP.com. Also, subscribe to our podcast, please, and follow us on Twitter at Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha podcast. And if you want more information about national security, sign up for our newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Are you a fan of true crime? Then you've got to check out the Court Junkie podcast. Imagine... Being wrongfully convicted of a crime you didn't commit or imagine your child's killer is still on the loose, even though there's enough evidence for an arrest. The Court Junkie podcast shines a light on the injustices of our judicial system by delving into court documents, attending trials and interviewing those closest to these cases. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcast and many other podcast apps so you can get new episodes every week. Have you tried listening to Target USA on Spotify yet? If not, give it a try. If you have, tell a friend. Send them a link to our show on Spotify. And when you do, be sure to follow the Target USA show page. That way you'll get all new episodes when they come out. Then you can find them in your library. Download the Spotify app free now. Simply search our show to start listening. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.